Previously on Nerd Punches Nerd. Right, well, also the other thing is that Zack Snyder is only producing, he's not directing. Right. Indeed. Thank, thank God for that. Right. Hello and welcome to Nerd Punches Nerd, the only podcast where a bunch of nerds pretend to physically fight for minor pop culture minutia. I'm here and I'm Jeremy and I'm here with Mr. Benji and special guest Sam. Say hello guys. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you again for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Right. You know, and should, should we make him a regular, Jeremy? Like what like, a recurring like, guest. He's kind of like it's kind of like the Steve Martin and John Goodman. Um, oh, oh, for like Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, so, today is our uh, semi-annual Star Wars podcast, and you know, if... missed... and remember, you missed our previous. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yes. So, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about the most recent Star Wars movie, depending on when you listen to this podcast, which is Rogue One, a Star Wars story, or, you know, right before 4, or 3.5, or 3.95, or you know, whatever you want to call it, but that's what it is. And to get things rolling today, we're going to have a little fun, if you will, and use the Star Wars name generator to come up with names for each of us. So, I guess uh, I'll start. My Star Wars name is Atendor Baham, a foolish young hero from the Aparo sector. Alright, and Benj, what's your name? My name is Breaks Okedpa, and I am a Padawan learner, of course, from Kola 4. That's pretty, nice. That's pretty great. Nice, I, sh- nice. I should tell you, the first time I typed it in, I put in my name wrong. I typed had a D at the end of my first name by accident, and it gave me an even better name, which is uh, mm. Vindy Miatrix Azapeta, a clone from Deveron. <laughs> nice. Well, we all know that that's what you are. So. <laughs> well, that's true. Nice. All right. So let's get into a little story about a lovely lady and her gang of miscreants, and talk about Rogue One. So, as we all know, Rogue One was directed by Gareth Edwards, who previously had done a movie called Godzilla, which I know right. none of you have seen, and I wasn't such a fan of. This was the book of Brian Cranston on, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I assume you guys haven't seen it, right? Because, uh, Jeremy, no. you and I saw the Roland Emmerich one, right, back in the day. Oh, wow, that was a long time ago. I yeah. mean, yes, I guess this, his version was better than that, uh, but I found it kind of boring. Brian Cranston's, or Gareth Edwards was. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this movie is, you know, it's done by Lucasfilm, which is, again, owned by Walt Disney, so it's one of their new strategies. Wait, of, sorry, Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Did he he also directed Safety Not Guaranteed, right? Safety Not what? No. No. No, that's like that weird guy that I don't like. I thought it was. I thought it maybe it's a different Star Wars director. Oh, you, oh, that's correct. Colin Trevorrow. Colin he, Trevorrow. Okay, so I got to mix up Colin Trevorrow. Well, he's the one I'm most worried about, even though he's uh. a Jew, because. <laughs> 
he did Safety Not Guaranteed, which I wasn't such right. a fan of. Then he did Jurassic right. World, which I don't right. 100% blame him for, but it wasn't good. Okay. And then he's doing Episode 9. Right. Oh, um, 9. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's, like, way ahead. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, that's, like, down the line. It may not even... Ways. I mean, it may not be... I mean, since Carrie Fisher passed away, I don't even know what's going to happen with that. But, well, I mean, I assume they'll still make it. Well, they're still going to make it. I just don't know what's going to change. Anyway, uh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Johnson, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Ryan? He Probably did, Ryan. He did Looper. Right. And he's the one who's doing 8. Well, he already did 8, I should say. He did it. It's just in post-production now. I haven't seen Looper, but it, but I've heard really good things about it. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah, it's a, oh. it's a very good movie. Yeah, Looper's good. He did Looper. He did um, The Brothers Bloom, which is like a fun sort of like con artist heist movie. Um, and he did Brick, which is also a really fun movie. Um, right. Highly recommend, actually. If, if Jeremy, you've seen Brick, right? Yeah, but, I mean, so we're getting a little off track, though. I mean, my <laughs> point about Gareth Edwards is that, from my perspective, I wasn't, like, particularly impressed by anything. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is the kind of movie that, even though it has you know, people associated with it, you know, writers or whatever, you know, how much do they actually do? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, it's by, these are all by committee just because of how complicated they are. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars is just, just going to be no matter what. Um, yeah. So just because so, you might have talented people behind the director or you know, technically, you know, that doesn't really mean anything. I mean... Right. You know, you look at, like, the two guys... It says, like, the story is by two guys. John Knoll uh-huh. and Gary Witta. Okay. And these aren't the screenwriters, but John Knoll is basically a guy who is known not for writing, but for being a visual effects supervisor. Mm-hmm. And Gary Witta is a screenwriter, but here's... Mm-hmm. You want to, but here... Let me tell you the last two books, movies he did. The Book of Eli and After Earth. That terrible <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan movie. Okay. Which was also, in fairness, co-written by Shyamalan. So, so are you are you perhaps uh, hinting at and suggesting a little conspiracy theory that there was a ghostwriter to this entire movie? Is that what you're saying, Jeremy? A ghostwriter? No. Like, a committee of writers? Yes. You know, yeah, I mean, that, that, that is more likely than just one sole person. I mean, uh, I'm they, sure you, they... You know, they they thought about it for a while to try to come up with, like, you know, because if you look at the cast, it's a very diverse cast. Right. So, you know, I'm sure that was a part of the decision, and they're like, okay, here's what we got to do. We want to make, you know, we want to have a lead, and we want to have, a, like, a secondary lead, and then we want to have, like, a lead villain, and then, like, they had their own decisions about what to do. I mean, it's probably a long time coming for how yeah. the production was done. I mean... Who knows exactly how early it was? You know, so, yeah. So, so do you think, Jeremy, the fact that this movie is not part of like the main series, but is like kind of its own thing? Do you yeah. think that's that means that it's likely to be more the result of like just a committee, like a mass of people, or more that like the uh, you know like the head Star Wars guys like kind of let it left it alone and and just like let a small number of people kind of put it together? Well, I think it's not as committee-run as Force Awakens was, 
But I right. but yes, I do because and here's why. Because it's the first off brand one. And I think they felt like they had to be they were probably trying to play it a little safe. Not completely safe, but you know, more safe because it's the first one. Like think about it this way. What is the other than Iron Man itself? What is the first Marvel movie really to take a risk? What do you think? Um, because for me, well, I would, I would say both Captain America and Thor were were risky. In a matter of speaking, but I don't really. I mean, a lot of that was just sort of. But they played on very. You mean, you mean, you mean that's in Marvel sports. Studios? That's yeah, Marvel Studios. Because okay. I, I really feel like the that the Guardians of the Galaxy movie is probably the riskiest in terms of how much a because it was such an unknown property. You said first. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's what Sam was responding to. But I think I think you're right. I think you're like, right. I think they were all risky. I think Iron Man was risky. <laughs> you know, like, well, I said yeah. other yeah, than Iron Man. Iron Man right. is the first one that but, I think um, was risky, but that's not yeah, not what I'm saying. Other than Iron Man. No, I mean but, I think I think they were all risky for for different reasons. But yeah, um, but, but I, I get what you're saying about Guardians being being like a very unknown property and kind of a weird right. property, like a, a tough sell. You yeah, know. And yeah. the point of that is that because they had already had a bunch of successes, including by this point, by that point, Avengers, they could afford right. to have a misfire. Which they right, didn't, right. So, they so actually afford. speaking on that, bringing it back to Star Wars. So, I mean, as long as we're sure we're talking about theories, I had I had this kind of theory that I don't think is the craziest theory, and I don't know really how to prove it or what aspects of it could be true or not true. But I I feel like in a general sense. Um, and we've talked about this before, both, both you know, privately and also on the podcast. It's just, it just obviously with Force Awakens, that as much as as people want to pick apart this and that with it, they had an exceedingly, extremely tough job. They had such a unique situation where they had to make it uh, different enough, in some senses, from from the from the prequels, which left a sour taste in almost everyone's mouth, kind of like Saint Anger did for Metallica fans, but even worse. And then the um, but at the same time, they couldn't just alienate uh, everyone, you know, with having too risky of a movie or too, something too edgy or too different. So they, you know, towed the line and, and they and they stayed on a certain course to at least do kind of some table setting and and still and I and as as we said, we all think it worked. The Force Awakens worked, and that since they did that and had that going on, they could kind of test out to a degree having like a darker. Um, more edgy and more a risky movie that they took some more chances with in Rogue One, so that worst comes to worst, if people didn't like it, it wasn't part of the official, you know, like a uh, um, Star Wars uh, timeline in the same way. You know, the, the Star Wars movies, one of the one of the episodes. Yeah. Um, do you agree with that? That that's possibly how they did it. And then, oh, now that they tested it, they know that they can possibly go in further episodes, perhaps go a little darker, maybe. Not the same way I'm as for one did, but darker. Like, I, I really. But no, I mean, I mean, this was more like, different. I mean, well, I look, for me, this was a, it would be. This was an updated. This was an updated style. Yeah. You know well, what yeah. I mean? Force Awakens, well, Force Awakens yeah, was not particularly this, updated. This movie was very on point in a lot of ways. Oh, it was great. It, we haven't gotten to talk about that, but it, it was, was connective yeah. tissue. You know, I or when I talk about risks, I often think about things that people like unknowns. Yeah. You know, weird stuff. Yeah. Or, or be, you know, it, when they talk about having a Han Solo movie, you know, with Miller and Lord starring, you know, Donald Glover, you know, 
I feel like that's probably going to do well because everyone already knew it's Han Solo. Well, but but it, it is a risk in 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 Rogue One the way how they did things how they had they they took away a lot of the silliness and campiness. Like there it was there, but but not a lot. And that is a risk for because that's how Star Wars is. Um, you know, yeah, well, I mean, Benji, so so I kind of agree yeah. with you and also disagree with you. Like, in the sense that I think you're right that the fact that Rogue One is kind of its own thing allowed them to, to t- try out, like, a different tone. You know, the movie is darker. It is, like, you know, a little more a little more grim, a little less campy um, than, uh, than, you know, than most of the other Star Wars movies. But at the same time, I don't think that necessarily indicates anything about the direction that the franchise is going to go in. Because I yeah, think the, the main Star Wars movies are going to try to keep to that consistent tone, you know, of, of what they've been. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, like, you know, the, like The Force Awakens, I think, like, they're going to they're gonna try to keep that going for the main series. But now that they have these spinoffs, they can do different things with the spinoffs. They can make a Rogue One spinoff. They can make a, you know, young Han Solo spinoff. I don't mm-hmm. know. They've been talking about... What I'm not sure what other ones are they talking about like doing a Boba Fett movie or something yeah, like that. There's been all sorts of rumors. I mean that one I'm not really interested in. But you know, it's all... good. It's good. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it could have been a good, good movie. Good, but I mean, yeah. Well, that's how I feel about every movie. But I'm just saying the concept doesn't interest me. Um, you know, Han Solo to me is a more interesting character, yeah. and you know, seeing his origin is a little bit more interesting to me. Boba Fett, I feel, is like a such a fan wank character already that he kind of pisses me off. I mean, I think I told you like at one point I was like looking, I was just like trying to learn more about him because people were obsessed with him. So right. I was just like, what's the deal with this guy? Why does everyone love him? And I looked right. at something and it's like, oh yeah, one time he fought, you know, Darth Vader to a standstill. And I was like, what? No, he didn't. <laughs> is and, it? Is it like? Do you feel like it's? Sorry, go ahead and finish up. Well, this was well, nobody, like nobody who watched Rogue One could possibly think that that's true. After that, that yeah. scene with Darth yeah. Vader just oh. like wrecking oh. a hallway yes. filled with well, soldiers. I don't. Oh my god! All right. Well, I guess if you just want to jump into that, <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 we should. I, I mean, I think I think that the thing is with Boba Fett. We probably shouldn't spend too much time on Boba Fett, but I I I, I get the sense. Star Wars is kind of it's it's you know it's a more silly it's they'll kind of have powerful moments. This is my impression. Okay, some, I'm sure some Star Wars fans will hate me for saying this, but, <laughs> but but it's not as serious. It's not as like you know it's it's more Disney-ish in a sense before it got to Disney in the sense of like it's just not as gritty and it's not as like um you know it's and, and it's and it's more it's got as I said even more of a silly or like fun tone. So I'm saying I feel like something with Boba Fett, he's the badass. Besides the villains, he's like one of the badass, mysterious guys in the universe. It's just I feel like if you're into other stuff and you know like uh, other edgier universes or or, or mm-hmm. more mature things or, or complex things, you're like, Boba Fett, I guess he's cool. But like, like I don't know, that's my feeling about it. So like I think he's kind of cool, but like, you know, he – he doesn't. He doesn't compare with a lot of other things that 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 I think have more complexity to them. Well, um, well, he yeah, basically it's... has no personality. Well, well he, he did have that scene in was it Revenge of the Sith with with, with his father Jenga. They like threw that in there. You mean where he was a little kid? Did the scene is like as a in the rain or whatever? Yeah, where where they had him played by that like Maori guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, on Jango Fate. 
I'm gonna go punch a Komodo dragon. Or I mean uh, a Star Wars Komodo dragon. Let me get the same Save it, save it. I save it, guys. <laughs> save the reference. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. Um no, I mean actually I think it I think it could be fun to yeah. see like a movie centered on him as like sort of like a an yeah. anti hero, like collecting bounties and just like, you know, doing whatever he's doing, like mm-hmm. for like, you know, as a, as like a mercenary, as like a hired gun. Mm-hmm. Um that could be fun. But there's whatever, it's a it's a big universe. There's a lot of stories, you know, that they could tell. Um maybe they'll they'll like, you know, some of the books went and followed like, you know, there were like a whole series of books about Rogue Squadron. Um, you know, yeah, the, and true. like, you know, maybe they'll like make a movie about Rogue well, Squadron well, or something. Jeremy, you know, that that, like... Jeremy used to spend hours and hours poured over these Star Wars books. He just right. he couldn't get enough of it. He couldn't Bendy's, down. Uh, Bendy's trolling I tried, me. I tried to be like, Jeremy, let's play some Final Fantasy VI. And he's like, eh, that's okay. But these Star <laughs> Wars books, <laughs> man, yeah. he really got me. Yep, that's, uh, it's funny how exactly the opposite. I remember a, a cover, this is true, a cover book of like Luke fucking fighting someone with a lightsaber. It was yeah, Luke, but right? was I couldn't get through like five pages of that book. Okay. I've, I've, I've actually read a number of the, of well, the, of the I books. Have, I have the old ones. Not, not anything books. recent, but. Yeah, I've read some of like the Old so, Republic stuff, and some of them weren't so bad. And I've read some of the novelizations of the movies. Right, 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 because Arya Salvatore did the Attack of the Clones one, which I read parts of, which was kind of cool. Well, I mean, I'm not, yeah, like, I'm not he, talking about that. Attack of the, like, I'm talking about, about the books that were written, like, in the 90s, you know, yeah, before Jeremy's the prequels. Jeremy's favorite universe, the, 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 the Star Wars literature. That's, uh, we all know this. Well, anyway. It's called the Star Wars Expanded Universe, Benji. Or, no, he, actually, it's actually not called that anymore. Because now it's he, now it's called Star Wars Legends, but it used yeah. to be called the, the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Well, Jeremy just prefers it over any of the original. It can't, you know, that's his thing. So of course, yeah. obviously, we can, we can just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, anyway. and I, I do actually have one friend who is such a fan of the Expanded Universe that when Disney said that they're putting it all in Legends, he right. said, "I refuse to pay money to see any new Star Wars movies." Wow. Yep. Yeah. So he really he showed them. Yeah, well, he hasn't seen, so he hasn't seen Seven or Rogue One or anything like that. Well, yep. there has been a thing. Uh, wasn't there, like, it was like a show. Like, the Clone I'm just Wars imagining show. these, like, Disney executives being like, damn you, Chad. I, I assume your friend's name is Chad. Obviously. Uh, well, it's not, but it, you're close. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's actually Chaddington. Yes. Chaddington. Uh, hey. We got Lewis, uh, there's a chatting thing. He said he ain't gonna watch your Star Wars. Well, Chad, he's always <laughs> grinding my gears. We got alright, send out the uh send out the fixer. Oh, you mean you mean, <laughs> you mean Braddington, yeah. It yeah. looks like we're having a really good in depth, robust conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I blame you, Benji, for your stupid yeah. lies about Rogue One. So getting back to the actual topic uh, I want to I want to talk a little bit about the production stuff. I don't how much do you know about the production issues that they've had because remember we were talking um, about it being made by committee. So I just read something that said that there were like at some point during the production there were reshoots. They like changed up some things in the story. Um, I know there's at least one 
famous image from the the trailer that wasn't actually in the movie. Um, but I don't, I mean, even I said, I read this article, but I didn't like the article didn't really have much information. It didn't really say much about what the changes were. Um, only that I think originally the, the characters, like, you know, the heroes were supposed to actually like survive and like, you know, in like an earlier were... draft of the script, yeah. some of them did, uh, yeah. but apparently, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, who's like the honcho or whatever, was like saying, yeah, you know. You can kill them off because it doesn't, you know. So they that would yeah. change, but they weren't. They didn't shoot a version like that. There, there are some. There were changes and tweaks and things that happened, and that just happens at, with a lot of stuff. And you know, some, the, right. there, Gareth Edwards has said that in, during filming, they did some changes on the fly to the script because as things were going along, they felt like, oh, actually, this is playing a little bit better. And that happens all the time with movies where you change. Well, that's not that's not uncommon. You know, that's yeah, common. right. Now we do right. know that the final battle on the surface was very different in a lot of ways. Uh, exactly how is unclear. However, there is a there was a video that was showing that there's basically 46 shots from the trailer that are not in the movie. Mm. Okay, so that <laughs> I did not watch that video. I'm sure it's uh, riveting. Well, I mean, it was just sort of interesting because I didn't realize it was that many. And some yeah. of them were more like, you know, you see, like, her running on the beach, which she never did. Or, like, there was actually one that I remembered from the trailer where she's up on the balcony. Oh, by the way, spoilers for the movie. Where she's up on the balcony and, like, a TIE fighter is, like, rising up. And that never yeah, happened. Yeah, no, that – so that image – yeah, so I saw that trailer and I forgot about it. And then, like, I was reading this article and they showed that, like, a gif of that image. And I was like, oh, right, that was in the trailer. And then it never happened in the movie. Um, that was it's, like, a really cool shot. Nope. Um, but, but yeah, but I don't know. I guess it's because I didn't watch the trailer, like, over and over again. Yeah, so I didn't yeah. really, like, remember much about it. I mean, uh, I, thought but I didn't really it. notice that stuff. I mean, I didn't watch it incessantly, but that, like, I didn't really notice most of the other shots that were missing, but that one was because I noticed, like, oh, that's cool, and when it was yeah. over, it's like, you know, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, although I will say there's one thing I know that I didn't realize they changed from the trailer to the movie, which is kind of funny, which is that in the movie, uh, Saul Guerrero, you know, Forrest Whitaker's character, um, does he have hair, or is he uh, shaved? Yes, he has hair. Oh, you mean, like, like facial hair? In the movie, yeah. he has hair. He has lots. Of, he has hair on his head, and I think he has a beard too. Yeah, in the trailer, he's bald. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I like totally had forgotten that, but I rewatched that's the trailer. Funny. You know what? You know like, what? Oh, it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, I mean, you know, it's better if it's all consistent like that. But the movie is what counts. You well, know? the trailer is the trailer. Who cares if it's wrong or whatever? Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of you kind of wonder about you know the changes that were made and you know if uh, that could have made a different or better movie, or well, whatever. What's, I'm surprised. what's surprising is is not that they, like, made changes to the movie, because that happens all the time. What's surprising, yeah. I think, is, like, that they actually made a trailer based on, like, certain expectation for how the movie was going to look and what scenes, you know, what shots were going to be in it, and then they changed it afterwards. That seems like a kind of a late stage to be, like, tinkering with, you know, what are, in theory, like, your most, you know, critical... And like you know, well, striking shots that you're gonna have. I, I mean, I can tell you, trailers are—they come pretty early in the production process. So basically, they're not even always. Sometimes they're done well before the movie's even finished shooting. 
And a lot of times they farm it out yeah. to a company that hasn't even seen the whole movie just to come up with sort of like, you know, a kind of like a sizzle reel of sorts. I mean, I told right. you about all the crap that happened with Suicide Squad where they basically hired a trailer company to edit it, and that led to a lot of the problems. Not all of them, but... Yeah, well, well I, 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 that, that, it's kind of surprising because I think, and we should probably, I think, move on to like, actually, to, to like, we're talking about the movie itself, but it's, it's kind of, I think it's kind of surprising because I thought the movie was pretty tight. Like, like it didn't seem like there's a bunch of stuff thrown together, at least to, to my eye. It really seemed like, that's why I was even surprised when I saw that there was more than one person um, credited for the story and all that stuff because it seemed pretty consistent and tight and like and and compelling uh i would say like i, I really enjoyed it so so, so i mean so, kudos to them so yeah. you know, so we have your opinion you know you liked it a lot you think it was better than force awakens yes. right and uh, what about you tim what did what, what's your overall opinion overall i liked it a lot um it's interesting in comparing it to Force Awakens. I think it's definitely a better movie, although in some ways I feel like The Force Awakens was more fun. Um, like, I remember walking out of the theater after The Force Awakens being like, that was fun. And then, like, I thought about the movie afterwards, and I was like, but there were a lot of things that were stupid. And, like, Rogue right. One, you know, didn't... There there weren't, like, as many things that were stupid or didn't make sense. Like, it, it really hangs together pretty well um, as a movie. And also, like... Um, you know, like, it's it's just got a better plot in general, and I think that it's, like, you know, the acting is very good, um, and, um, you know, there there isn't, like, sort of any, like, waste or, or like, you know, The, uh, the Force Awakens had, like, some, some weird stuff right. going on. Um, but I didn't walk out of the theater with that same feeling of joy of, like, this was, this was fun, this was, you know, like, it was really? more like, no, I mean, I walked out and I was like, that was good. Like it was yeah. a good movie, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed and not it. Was, not that the Darth. Sorry, I'll let you finish. And I and like I said, I think that it was be, <laughs> as a movie, it was better than than The Force Awakens. Um, right, right, right. But I'm still trying to like sort of sort out my feelings for it, or like you know what I liked, yeah. what I didn't like. Um, there were things that were good. One of the things I didn't like so much was that like the the character development wasn't so great. Um, there were, you know, there were a lot of characters, you know, many of the characters really didn't get much, much time to like, sort of like, you know, for us to like, get to know them. Um, mm-hmm. although, you know, some of them were, were really good. Also, like, I couldn't remember anybody's name. <laughs> yeah. Like none of the characters' names. I just didn't get them. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, um, Interesting. but, but yeah, but I did like it. I do think it's better than Force Awakens. And I think that it is probably at worst, the fourth best Star Wars movie um, of the eight now that have been released in theaters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I've i sort of gone back and forth a little bit about this. Like, right after I saw it, I thought it was a better movie than Force Awakens. Now I've kind of changed my mind mm-hmm. about it. Because, you know, even with a lot of the issues that I had with Force Awakens, I... Well, I felt more, you know, at the end of that. Like, I was more emotionally connected to it than I was to, to Rogue One. Rogue One sort of seems to me like, you know, I, I like it, but it seems more like a, like an average Star Wars movie in a lot of ways. And I know, I know that's kind of like an unfair thing to say for some people, but I have to say, like, you know, when you compare it to all of the movies, you know, there wasn't any particular moment in it where I was like, this is the thing 
that's going to be like making it memorable for life for me. You know, the prequels had that in negative ways, uh, <laughs> but even the first, you know, the first three movies had had those types of moments, and even in the Force Awakens, it did too. What you what know, moment in the Force Awakens would you say does that for you? The end. Okay. The final scene. There's there's a few moments in the in the Force Awakens the, you know the the lightsaber battle between Rey and and uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking about strong yeah. moments I'm talking about something that's gonna like you know that I have like a real emotional response to yeah. right that, that's what I'm talking about yeah and that's you know of course the thing is it's very interesting because there's a lot of negative reactions that I've seen online about the movie a lot of people complaining they basically say. Uh, so the complaints I see are uh, the characters aren't well thought out. Uh, mm-hmm. The story isn't just isn't really like it doesn't really connect together. Um, and then the you know plot doesn't really make sense. That those are the complaints that I've heard. Now I I. I... I, I I don't understand this. Like I mean, I, I kind of understand it, but it's kind of like they did. They they. I feel like as I said, like they updated Star Wars for for now. I mean, maybe some people don't want that, so that it's more you could say in a certain sense relatable. It's like what would it be like if they were under an empire, like for real? You know, what would it actually take for 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 them to get to the stage? And in a sense, you know, that that's actually points to a reality in life and war and all that that they they all have to sacrifice their lives I mean, everyone yeah. for the very end especially yeah. with that uh, with that amazing star wars uh, darth vader scene which by the way that is going to be a remembered canon scene here i'm just going to say that is going to be a remembered star wars scene which i i think is kind of uh, all right well here indisputable yeah. but well okay so here's a question about that darth vader thing now because i feel like there's a lot of interpretations of this do you feel like we are meant to be like, oh, it's so amazing, it's so badass. Or do you feel like it should be taken like a horror movie? They, 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 I think they were clearly, like, they didn't need to have it in the movie. It wasn't necessary. It could have wrapped it up. And I thought that was, it was just this amazing cherry on top that, that, that really, that really was awesome. And I think it, it was, in a sense, like some sort of, fan servicey thing you know like it, it it was sort of like a gift to the fans but i think it was i think it was done really 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 well and so and that and i think that's why you know like it's people have been talking about it because because it was because everyone has wanted to see how how destructive darth vader is and how powerful he is and maybe people felt that way when the original movies came out like the first like, you know, episodes four through six, maybe it really did come across more so. But by now, it's more of like, he's just this badass character and we all know it. But he was even still sort of in some sense, uh, I think, maybe perhaps taken in a sort of silly way. And then you see in this that, that like, this is what he does. Like, like this like this is how he, like, it, uh, destroys and inspires fear and terror in everyone who opposes him. Right, but you haven't um, really answered my question, which is, are we meant to take it like, you know, this is a really cool, badass thing, or are we supposed to take it like it's a horror thing? You saying it's fan service doesn't mean positive or negative. Uh, I agree that there's a there's a kind of thing that's fan service, but 
That doesn't. What I'm saying is, like, how are we supposed to take it? Are we supposed to be like, yeah, good of God? Or are you supposed to be like, you know, this is like, because like how? Are oh. Because here's here's the. Because let me give you an example. Someone said, someone oh, like, oh, it's like what if we had seen, you know, let's just give you. Uh, here's a good example. Like, let's say the movie Lincoln, and at the end of Lincoln, like, <laughs> talking, and like you know, Robert E. <laughs> That's Lee a comes good and he starts, like, shooting up all these guys. He's, like, killing all these Union soldiers. Like, and it's, like, he's doing, like, he's really effective at killing them. You know? Are you going to be like, man, that Robert E. Lee shooting scene was badass. Or, um, you know. I understand. The, the, that's the, kind of a weird comparison. but Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. I understand <laughs> what this person is saying. This hilarious thing this person is saying. <laughs> You know, what becomes Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter and right. stuff. Mm-hmm. He gets his crossbow out. You know, that has ballots, the the ballots for for uh, for for ending slavery. He like shoots those out of his crossbow. But anyway, uh, he um, I, I meant to take it. I think I I understand what you're saying. I think it's just it. It's kind of like I think it, I think one of the reasons it was, it was amazing is because it did both because. You, you. I mean, Darth Vader is kind of that character that people, you know, he's he's one of those beloved villains. So, mm-hmm. so maybe they went more overboard with how powerful he was, or, or showing certain things to try to like get you excited for it. Um, but it's still, since it was horrific, it I think, I think still worked. I mean, it, it, it was it was a, it was a more complex moment. Like and I think that that speaks to the strength of it because also the other people that the protagonist had had died anyway, so mm-hmm. it was like, is there anything else to root for, you know? And it's like, oh, they still haven't gotten it, haven't delivered the thing yet, and this does give an opportunity to showcase Darth Vader. So I mean, they didn't need to have Darth Vader there, but it, but uh, in, in my opinion, but it, mm-hmm. but I think it was just, I think the horror, to answer your question, the horror served the wanting to see the thing with with Darth Vader and also fit fit within the scope and the theme of the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I agree with Benji. I think that it really is both horrifying and um I guess I would use the word thrilling. But like mm-hmm. thrilling yeah. and like in like and a horrifying way because like, you're oh, like because awesome. you're you're like oh that was awesome but at the same time, you know, like like Benji said like they at this at this point in the movie our heroes are dead. Like it's just this like they're trying to get this like tape you know, like, pass through to, like, you know, um, to where it can be safe, and, like, you know, the heroes are dead, so it's just these random mooks, you know, who are, like, just doing the last little bit, and then, like, out comes, like, the final boss, and it's Darth Vader, and it's, you know, and he comes out, and he's just, like, just kicking the shit out of everybody, um, and it's, and it is horrifying, because you're like, oh my god, like, they have to get away from him, he's, like, so terrifying, and, and, like, they gotta get that tape, and, you know, and that's, like, the last, you know, exciting moment of the movie, but at the same time, it's also, yeah, like, we love Darth Vader, because he's a great mm-hmm. villain, and, like, all, all great villains, you know, ultimately are going to be loved for, like, how great they are at being villains, and, like, you, right. so there is that element of, like, kind of almost rooting for them, because, we're so excited, you know, to see them. So, so I really, I, I think it did kind of accomplish all of those things, but I don't think it was intended just to be like exciting and to show like, oh, it's awesome, Darth Vader is killing people. Like, I think it was supposed to be horrifying, and like that's why, you know, I mean, like the whole the way it was shot, you know, 
Oh it's God. kind of, it's the, the lights go out. It's dark. It's like this crowded hallway. It has like a claustrophobic kind of feel to it. You know, like it, it's shot like a horror movie. And I think they meant it to be, to have a horror feel. And it's supposed to be that last little horrifying, you know, moment when, uh-huh. when you think like, you know, oh, are they going to get it? Are they going to get away? You know, and then they do get away. And like, you know, even though he kills everyone, but like they still manage yeah. to like, you know, to get to get the plans out, and it's like that last little bit of like, you know, like sacrifice and you know, and and like death and pain and suffering. But like we did it, you know, we we did we we accomplished the mission, you know, even though everyone died, just barely, just barely yes. did people it. We won. Had, people literally had to sacrifice their lives to do it. More people than they even intended. And I I do think Which that Darth Vader of... is there kind of like as that as like the final boss. Like you think that like the Death Star is the final boss, but no, it's Darth Vader. He's the final boss. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and here's here's actually another uh, argument for why it was necessary. Actually, I just thought of this. Um, I uh, I think even later that night after I saw it, I was I was just so jazzed up from it, and so I I just looked up you know the opening scene from A New Hope, and it literally leaves off there. That's yeah, where it is. That, that's that's true. It it, it does. There, um, I don't think it's. It, it, I think it, there's it, some like, things that I mean they're a little muddled with that but you know in general i think it's i think that a new hope is supposed to be like not immediately after but like a couple of days later or something right maybe a week later well even right away then it then it kind of is like well then then leia has no excuse because it's like they saw you leave but (laughs) but if it's just like oh well we tracked down because we're pretty sure it's you we you know we have sources right you know you know that's okay, no, but that. he had been but he had been pursuing the, the whole point is he tried to if it's fit, if you're in the story he tried to get the 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 disc or whatever and he's chasing them in the in the star in the star destroyer and then and, and Leia's on the ship so like I, that, that that's more of my point and yeah. I think just maybe before we move on from this like I think maybe a good analogy for how you can feel about it is uh, kind of actually how uh, the sack of King's Landing spoilers for Game of Thrones season two. Um, how the sack of King's Landing was done in the show, which I think was one of their best episodes. And remember, you kind of root for both sides. In, All right. Well, let me to, let so. me just remind you how Star Wars: A New Hope starts, which is blah 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 blah. Darth Vader is on the ship, and one of the officers comes over to him. He's like, "The Death Star plans are not on the main computer. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? Uh, this is a consular ship. We're on a diplomatic mission. Yeah, this is a consular ship." Where is the ambassador? And obviously, that's Leia. So that's mm-hmm. sort of where it starts. So there are mm-hmm. the intercepted transmissions is sort of what they're talking about. Now, uh-huh. what that means, blibbity blah, who knows? You know, wireless transmissions were basically only introduced in this movie, and they didn't seem to go that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, <laughs> I don't know how good that technology actually is in the Star Wars universe. It's kind of like an interesting thing but we saw like hard drives for the first time also right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was kind of well that also speaks to yeah and then it probably speaks to that like just how how like how much they were underdogs you know yeah like hardware what did you think of the score you know john williams didn't do it right it was an homage to the score i mean it wasn't it wasn't as good it wasn't as good as the original score i I thought it was a little distracting the way that the score was like almost Star Wars, but not quite. Like I, I kind of thought they should have like either just have the Star Wars score 
or like just to have a totally different score. Like, but it doesn't make sense to like kind of like okay. tease us but with let me, like let me give you, you know, a little the context. like pseudo Star Wars score. Uh, let me give you a little context. Uh, the guy who came on to do it was Michael Giacchino, and he was replacing someone else. So here is when Michael Giacchino started working on it. September of 2016. And he had one and a half months to do it. To do the yeah. entire sound. To do the entire score. Okay. And basically he had, if you want to think of another movie he'd been in, he was just finishing Doctor Strange. Okay. So he finished that, and then he's like, um, hey, we need you we need you to do this uh, Star Wars movie. <laughs> what? I don't understand. What happened to the other guy? Uh, contract disputes. <laughs> Basically. The other, the other guy? What do you mean the other guy? No, no, Jeremy guy? said he was replacing somebody else. Oh, oh right, 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 right. Sorry, I zoned out. Because, like, they just got him at the last minute. Like, that's, yeah, uh, I mean... This guy, I think, uh, Michael Giacchino has done some really great work at times. He's also been in this, done some it work too, but like he did, he done, he did the new Star Trek movies, uh, and uh, he did it because he did a lot of work with J.J. Abrams. But he also did Up. Like if you know, like you know, remember the music at the beginning of Up that makes you kind of cry. So he did that. So, so yeah, what, you know, I mean, I think maybe saying the the month and a half thing, like maybe that just you know. Like, I, I, I don't think the movie was bad. I, I know what you're saying, Sam. No, not movie. I mean, music. I don't think the, the music was bad. No, I, I mean, like, mostly the music was fine, and, like, I didn't really notice yeah. it one way or the other. But, like, just those moments where you, like, think you're going to get the Star Wars, like, a, that famous Star Wars, you know, score, and then it's, like, not quite that. Oh, you mean that little like, tease, especially what they did yeah. at the beginning? Yeah, yeah especially yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I was I was kind of like, okay, I guess I see what you're doing. I mean, they did right. have the theme. They did have the Darth Vader theme. Um, you know. Well... Okay. Yeah, well, that's true. So, we already we already kind of talked about Darth Vader, but I do want to ask you guys, what did you think of his, like, you know, dad joke? Where <laughs> he says, I hope you guys don't choke on your aspirations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That was, yeah. That was a, a bit much, but whatever. It was I, just uh, one I hope line. you're, uh, I, hey, was that funny? Are you, are you clutching your dark sides? Come on, right? Right? Come on. Yeah, that, that was... Uh, I, I mean, listen, it was it was kind of dumb, but I don't I don't really care. Well, like, cause I think there's a there's a funny moment in the you know in the original stuff. Yeah. And basically, the funny moment that I remember is like where basically it's like a whole thing with like one of the admirals that is displaced, and he's like, I'm just gonna go apologize to Lord Vader personally, and then you see him dead on the floor, and he's like, I apology accepted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty good. But yeah. and then you know, Darth Vader said, "Remember when I told you I would kill you last? I lied." <laughs> is that from Commando? <laughs> yes, I I believe it is. All right, well let let me ask you guys uh, another question. So in this movie, it's basically the first of all the Star Wars movies where we only had evil Jedi, which is specifically just one. And so we had no actual Jedi's in it. The closest is like the Force sensitive type people, like you know Donnie Yen's character Chirrut, right? Imway, right? A terrible name, but whatever. That's Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and he's you know he's kind of like an interesting guy, but he's part of like the you know 
the Guardians of the Wills, which was a reference I didn't really remember that I'd heard before. But basically they're like, you know, they're part of the group that are essentially involved with sort of guarding this old historical Jedi temple. And they kind of have a essentially spiritual belief in the Force and Jedi stuff. Okay. I thought he was like I thought he was like kind of a, a Jedi in training. They just didn't have they just didn't have an official Jedi to in that time to to teach him. That's what I thought it was. But okay, uh, yeah. I mean, so so I actually I understood his character a little differently. I mean, I just wanted to say like in general about about having a Star Wars movie without Jedi. I think that was kind of a, a, a departure for the franchise. It's the first movie that doesn't have you know a Jedi character, um, and it's just showing us like. Mostly like you know the the lay people you know like the rebels who are just like ordinary, um, and you did have this one guy um, Donnie and uh, what's his name Chirrut Imwe. Yeah. Um, but he he clearly wasn't a Jedi and he clearly wasn't trained by a Jedi. I my the way that I understood, you know his his you know character was that he's a guy who. Like he's a religious character who who like belongs to this religion that like worships the Force, and they have some familiarity with like Jedi concepts, but it seems like it's like a step or two removed from the actual Jedi. Yeah. And that like you know his his beliefs are like sort of they're more like based out of like you know books and like stories and things that people have told about the Jedi and he's heard mm-hmm. you know these things and like he's. It's not clear whether like there are other like it's part, like it's a larger religion or it's just like his own individual beliefs. The movie mm-hmm. kind of implied that like he was he kind of made up his own thing, which I uh, thought was really cool. They did, well, but you know, the idea that like you know that the, there are there are people in the Star Wars universe who like remember the Jedi, know about the Force, and it's like this religion to them, but they don't quite know like what the Jedi are really about, but they know a little bit, and so mm-hmm. they like you know, but but he's like clearly this like spiritual guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who well, believes in the Force, who, who, who like, you know, worships the yeah. Force, and probably himself is, sen- it's implied that he himself is Force-sensitive, um, but, but you know, it's not even relevant, like, whether he has any, like, Force powers or not to him. Like, what he cares about is the fact that he trusts in the Force, um, you know, in a way that, like, we haven't really seen any characters, right. you know, in the Star Wars movies that are, like, really, you know, like, religious like that, like, faithful, you know? Um, right. And I, I really liked his character and the, the way that... I thought that was really realistic, that there would be mm-hmm. people like that mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe, you know, who yeah, just, right, like, right. who are trying to, like, carry on the old traditions, even though these traditions are being lost, you know? Well, and they're trying yeah. to, like... He's trying that's, to, that's what it is. I he's think... trying to, like, reconstruct some kind of, you know, Jedi tradition or Force tradition, right, you I know, think you're... Or on his own that, that's, like, meaningful to him. Okay, okay. What am I? Which is uh, in the movie, you know, this Jedi thing, you know, is like an ancient Jedi temple that hasn't Mm. been. No one's been there for a while, but the Empire destroyed it at some relatively recent time, maybe in the past couple of years. Uh It's not clear exactly when. And these guardians of the wills were protectors of the temple. They were not Jedi, but they were, you know, because it's like a historical thing. And the other, his other friend, Baze Malbus, which I know is awful, and his name is <laughs> the problem. Yet another <laughs> terrible name. Well, one of the issues with this movie is that like some of the characters don't get named enough. So, yeah. and those two are yeah. one of, are some of them. Like, right. Yeah. Barely, they're barely mentioned. Right. They barely mention their names. 
the pilot also, the defector pilot, they like barely ever mention his name. Right. So this guy was also one of the guardians, but he became an assassin later. So this guy was a guardian, and then he became sort of an assassin kind of guy, like sort of like, you know, our old friend Django Fett of right. sorts. Right. He, you know, even though he was still friends, you know, he was a, an assassin guy. Now, it's possible that maybe he had some force sensitivity too because of how good he was at shooting people. You know, it's possible. Uh, but the he's a guy who was a guardian but lost faith after the Jet Temple was destroyed. That is the implication of the movie, and that at the end of the movie, he's kind of regaining that oh. faith. Okay. Because that's why okay. he says, if you remember the whole thing at the end, where he's like the forces of this type of thing. He's okay, so that, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really pick up that he also had been one of these guardians. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. That makes sense. Not, this is this is not supplemental material. This was mentioned in the movie. Okay, well, I, I just mentioned. It. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, whatever. Don't it worry seems about to it. have gone over. I think I think there's something. They're it. mentioned when they're mentioned. Together, they say, oh, and they like say, "Hey, those guys are guardians of the wills type thing." Oh yeah, yeah, they, 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 yeah. That, I vaguely remember that. Well, I, I thought, I thought, I thought it was good, a good thing in the movie because piggybacking off what you're saying, uh, Sam, before about mm-hmm. would keep people like that in the universe. I think the good thing is there was this theme of like faith and hope. Definitely, they literally said it in the movie of just like in order for this to happen, in order to make any of this work, you just have to have faith. Like they said, hope, but they also could have just said the word faith. You know that that was there. In, in well, they the, said, and they said a lot of times, um, you know, trust the force. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, the right. way that's what I thought was so great about that guy's performance. The guy, um, what Imway was his name? Whatever his name is, the blind guy. Jared. 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 Yeah. Jared I think he was played that, by uh, Donnie Yen. Yeah, I mean, he, he did he did such a good job with it. And when he repeats the phrase, "I'm with the force," the force is me, especially that first time, it actually sounds how very religious people sound when they're repeating mantras almost a kind of a to kind of a like um either you could say fanatical or, or crazy he didn't seem too crazy but he was definitely doing it with a lot of feeling and he sounded real the way he was doing it it didn't right. sound like he actually right. what was so genius about it was the way he did it didn't sound like all of a sudden he's conjuring something calmly it sounded like he was like he was just just with that little bit of hope that he 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 was trying to make it happen just to me, to me, it felt like he was like reaching for something, you know, exactly. that he wasn't he wasn't sure he was going to be able to grasp, but he was just like trying, you know, mm-hmm. to like reach out for it. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. I, I liked that the other characters did seem to think that he was a little crazy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like right. in the sense that like like they're like not entirely comfortable with with him, but mm-hmm. you know, but but that was one of the nice things about the movie was it showed like a lot of different kind of people all kind of like getting together for different reasons, but but you know they're all on, on the same side because they're all opposed to the empire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's true. You know, Donnie is, is is pretty great. You know, he's a he's in his fifties and he's kind of like a oh wow. He's a master of like several martial arts, inclu- and also MMA as well. Mm. Yeah. So you know he's he's a pretty. Yeah. I mean, his yeah, he's, he's his awesome. moves, his choreography w- was incredible. Like. Jeremy, you and I have spoken about this, but like, but it, doing fight choreography well in movies to make it actually feel like it matters, and not just something that's like a function of just this is just something that happens in the movie to actually make it, it, it part of it. 
um, you know, part of the structure of the movie in a real way. Um, something that's like its own thing is hard to do. And, and, you know, we talked before about how like the fan, kind of Phantom Menace, especially the Matrix, were like trail trailblazers at, at the time for, for how fight choreography was. Then it was copied a lot. And then we talked about how Daredevil and Jessica Jones, in a way, too, have been great in terms of bringing this sort of grittiness and realness to it. But this, it kind of went back the other way, but in a new, fresh way. The way he was jumping around, like, he made it look so cool, the way he But he wasn't fought, doing, like, that, leaps and crap, you know. Right. So this look, was all, like, look, because it, part it was, of it is because he actually knows how to do choreography. Uh -huh. So I yep. sent you a little photo, uh, which is him bulking up recently. Mm -hmm. After, because apparently he lost weight, like muscle mass for Rogue One, so he could like be like a smaller fighter. Uh huh. Uh, I sent you a little link. Oh wow, he's jacked. So this is like a few, <laughs> this is like two months ago or something. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. How old is he? Fifty oh, something. Fifty-three. Yeah. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. So. Wow, I was looking at how hot he looks. I. <laughs> <laughs> I have never looked that good, so I, when I when I'm 53, yeah, I'm not going to be anything close Please to that. Try out for Rogue Three when that comes. <laughs> yeah. Well, so speaking okay. of um, of the two Asian guys, you know, there's there's a lot of possibilities that they were brought on because they want to have more stuff in the Chinese market. Right. But, you know, whatever. My feeling is as long as it's not like a kind of stupid pandering, I don't have a problem with it. So that, yeah, that doesn't like... bother me at all because their characters were good characters, the actors are good actors, and, like, there should be Asian people in the Star Wars universe because, like, it's mm -hmm. a big universe and there's a lot of different... There's aliens and stuff, and, like, there should be different kinds of humans also. And, like, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't see a lot of Asians in movies, you know, in, in Hollywood movies generally. So, like... I thought it was great that this movie, you know, it passes the Asian Bechdel test, um, which like no Hollywood movies do. Um, yeah. And that was that was pretty cool. And yeah. and yeah, I don't if they I, if they did it so the movie would do better in China, you know, God bless them. Right. I mean, there's definitely you know a dearth of female characters, mm -hmm. but. You know, they, at least they have diversity in you know ethnicities. Well, the, the good thing about having the good thing about having a like a science fiction sort of fantasy movie not in any known world is that you can make it completely you know multiracial and 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 multigender uh, you could say too. Like you don't you don't need to have those you don't need to have the same restraints. So I mean, yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot of talk about those two guys. You know, there's sort of, you know, the classic way to interpret it is that they have a bromance. You know, they're old friends. And mm -hmm. but the internet immediately jumped on it and said, "There's gay subtext there." So there are different ways to interpret this because uh, one way is that it was intended to have gay subtext by the writers of the movie. Uh, and that's it. Another one is that the writers didn't, but the actors kind of secretly thought it, which is actually something that happened in Force Awakens. Mm. But basically, really? Yeah, Oscar Isaac said that he acted as though he was attracted to Finn. Oh. Uh, but he, but that was that's the subtext that wasn't in that was not part of his you know, script. Like you right. know, J. James never told him that. They just right. said that's the way he had played it. You know. Mm -hmm. But that's different. There's mm -hmm. also the possibility that there was more, and it was more explicit, but they cut it out. It's another possibility. Mm -hmm. They probably will never say, or at least not for years, if that is true. So, 
Or so, there's no plan at all. So right. what do you what do you think? I mean, my feel my, like my things my, my feelings on this is that um, I don't I don't know if the writers intended it. Probably not. I um, when I watched the movie, it didn't occur to me at the time. But then I like saw some like you know some some talk about it afterwards, and I looked back on it. And I was like, yeah, I definitely I can see that because like mm-hmm. yeah okay so they were like two characters they were close they had kind of a bromance but like there's also like it's more than just a bromance like there's a, a definite like tenderness between their characters uh, oh. and like and this like devotion huh. to each other you know that that feels you know like it could be you know romantic like you know like kind of like an old like you know two old lovers who, you know, have been together for a long time, and, you know, like, like it, it felt genuine to me. Like, I feel well, like that's that's a 100% valid way of, of yeah. perceiving the movie. Well, you know, was yeah, that because, intended? I have no idea, but, well, but, it's, but it's definitely, up, the subtext is definitely there, well, Yeah, but even if, from, even if it wasn't intended. This comes from sort of the classic thing, which is if you have well, like a guy and a girl in a movie, and they have like a close relationship, people just assume there's sexual tension. Right. Well, this sort of right. arises from the same thing. Like, well, why can't there be sexual tension that's not heterosexual? And not that there. It's not. That... Yeah, but it didn't. I mean, it didn't feel like tension to I, me. I, I, it felt. I, it felt yeah, like, I, like like a affection, history. You know, but but like a well, like deep affection. It's the same point, though. Like, yeah. if you have like yeah. two, like, oh, hello, oh, it's been a while. Do you feel like, oh, these guys have a history, where you don't really assume that necessarily. For homosexual relationships, even though it's still a possibility. I mean, I feel like I, I think what you're saying, you know, maybe the characters, maybe the actors did think of that in, in a sense. You know, there's always that possibility, and I, I can see that sort of thing. Um, maybe you know, like, and, and I think Sam was saying about tenderness is something there. But uh, the way I, 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 I think people people are kind. I mean, I, I could be wrong. Like, I, I like definitely, I could see where I could be proved wrong. But I think people are kind of inserting that that in because I got the sense that they had just they they had like been together for a while as like sort of besides just friends that they had probably been in some sort of battles and and life and death situations with each other many times like like kind of you know that they were like the comrade comrade in arms. The thing. You could say the thing about tenderness, but it was pretty clear, I think, that Frodo and Sam, for instance, were not actually a, a homosexual um, couple. It was just you can add that, and you know, you could say that that was there, and they had a lot of tenderness towards each other. But it was just that was kind of the style and and feel of of the movie, mm-hmm. you know. So like, so like, I mean, you know, they, I mean, they, yeah, they they could have gay characters in in Star Wars, you know, and there's no reason why they shouldn't, but. Like I think this is, I, I don't think this is really an example of it. Um, at least from the writing perspective, it just really seemed like they were like comrade in arms who who really cared about each other. Um, like, right. Well. Uh, like, okay. Probably, so. Well, let's move on. You know, speaking of sexual chemistry, you know, the, I was talking to someone, a friend of mine, who said that one of you know that she was sort of more lukewarm about the movie, but her main thing that she really liked was Diego Luna because she thinks mm-hmm. he's hot. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's sort of like a, a, a sort of interesting question, which is, you know, do we just like automatically fetishize all the leads in these movies? Um, I think Diego Luna was supposed to be sexy in this movie. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, he's, you know, whatever. He's, like, a very popular actor to begin with. He's, like, kind of a rising star right now. It's my impression. I, you know, I mean, Jeremy, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think he's, like, he's, like, one of these, like, up-and-coming guys. Yeah, I'll um, say that. And he has, he has this, like, sexy accent. And he's, like, kind of that, like, cool badass who, like, you know, he doesn't care about anything. And, like, you know, th- there's that, like, bad boy rebel kind of, kind of persona definitely, that I definitely. think... People find, you know, he's definitely, like, kind of, like, the Han Solo of this movie. Clearly. Um, and um, mm-hmm. so I, I think I think the filmmakers, like, wanted him to be sexy, um, you know, even though they didn't, like, specifically, like, sexualize him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there are no scenes of him, like, like hitting on women or, or whatever, but... Or, like, or like, like walking around, maintenance with his shirt off or whatever. Walking around, exactly, walking around without his shirt on. But, um, well, think... but no, but like, okay, but I don't, so... I don't think it's, I don't think it's at all, you know, like, like against what, what, what the filmmakers intended that, that people are like being like, oh, Diego Luna, he's so sexy. You know, I mean, like, it'd be one thing if he was like the bad guy, if they were like, if they were like, oh, that, you know, um, director Krennic is so sexy. Like, I feel like that would be like a little weird. Director Krennic. But... Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I don't know. A lot of people really do like Ben Mendelsohn. I mean, people think think he's an attractive guy, yeah. But, I mean, you know, what, I mean, Felicity Jones, I think, uh, is often considered to be attractive, although I've also heard people say she has, like, a snaggle tooth because uh, people are are assholes. Well, (laughs) I'm not going to share you a picture in the chat, but, you know, there's, you know, a lot of, like, you know, there was sort of like an interesting thought I had, which is like, at the end, are they gonna like kiss at the end? And they did. Right. That was that was interesting so, how they did. Yeah. What did, What do you think? Do you, do you feel like that was like a missed opportunity, the correct opportunity? Like, do you feel like you know it was better that you know they didn't actually have a romantic thing even as they were dying at the end? So I think, so. Yeah. Oh, Benji, you go ahead. Um, I mean, you know, I think they could have gone either way, and I don't think it would have ruined it if they had a kiss before they before they died. Um, I understand why they didn't. I think it was fine. And in some sense, it's more realistic because at that time, where they're they're dealing with just the, the obviously the fear, and then also just the res, you know, their their lives coming to an end, and just the the, the drama of that moment, they might not be thinking of anything romantic if they aren't weren't already romantically involved. I mean, you know, if it was like you know a, a, a couple that lived with each other. You know, for forty years, then probably, then maybe they would have a, like a last romantic moment. But since they hadn't, I think that was the thing that it was enough. And you know, I I, I think that worked. I don't think it was uh, I don't think it was a problem. But again, if they did have a kiss, I think it would have been fine. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. I agree. I thought it I thought it was really nice, like what they did, because it it kind of felt like they had a little chemistry, and like there was this kind of implication that like if we weren't like fighting for our lives and like you know like just desperate to like just complete our mission and like now we're like if we weren't gonna like die in like five seconds like maybe there would be a romance here like you could kind of tell that like it was like going in that direction but like at the same time they didn't really have an opportunity to have a romance and like that's okay because like they were busy you know saving the world and like that's more important and like you know they were kind of like business-like about it um Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know you did get the sense of like there was like potential there, you know, mm-hmm. that like maybe it could have developed into something if they had lived. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like it was, I thought that was a lot nicer than like 
shoehorning an actual romance in right. into the movie, which like right. really would have would have been like you know just felt like it was like forced, you know, because yeah. there there wasn't time and there wasn't and that and like that that's not what their priorities would have been in that moment anyway, you know, like not every movie has to have a romance, but yeah. like but it was right. it was nice that like they just kind of like nodded in that direction, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's I I like that. And and the, the truth is is that it does actually speak to the movie what was going on and that the whole theme of the movie is it, part of the thing is that the empire as happens in you know authoritarian or dictatorship re- regimes where people's personal lives and family lives get severely interrupted you know mm-hmm. and yeah. and some yeah. people don't get to have this or that I mean you could probably see both of them may have had I think it's likely both of them have had at least little flings here and there, but perhaps they had been killed or just didn't work out because there was all this stuff going on. Because also they showed that people were also being interrogated on the streets, so probably people were made to disappear and stuff like that. So, you know, and also, you know, yeah, again, if, if they got too close, then that would also have been a, a liability, you know, made them more yeah. vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm probably okay with either way. You know, I mean, it's just that... It, I think it was probably the right decision if, uh, from the tone that they had already done. Yeah. If that's that's how I feel about it. But you know, sort of like moving on from there, though. You know, as as we all know, you know, Star Wars started as the most sexist movies of all time, and then male leads, <laughs> pretty terrible. <laughs> and so obviously, what did they have to do? Well, they had to become you know, what whatever the word for man hating is. That's why you know you had a female lead for Force Awakens, and now the word a female is, lead. Jeremy, again. the word is misandrous. Nah, misandrous, right? There we go. <laughs> misandrous is a fake word, but <laughs> the the point is, you know, that's why they made the new Death Star look like a vagina. That's that's why. <laughs> no, you no, you got a point actually, but it actually looks like a clitoris. That, I'm just kidding. Right. That's the that's what Galen was putting in. Uh, like, let me put in a weakness. <laughs> you just gotta know how to treat it right, Luke. You know what I mean? A weakness, a broad, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's right. Obi Wan's oh like, use the force, Luke, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, there was a. I was reading an interesting article, which is sort of positing that. Uh, even though the Jedi were forbidden to love, it didn't mean they were necessarily forbidden to, you know, per you se. Know, Luke inside Death Star. Well, yeah, meaning, never, that, that they, never stops Luke with Mara Jade. Right, so maybe, Sorry, you know, that's a, well... That's an expanded universe joke for you. I know you didn't get well, it. That is a great name for a euphemism for vagina, by the way, the Death Star. That's, that's just a hilarious thing to say. It makes sense. <laughs> well, so... <laughs> Do you feel like you know? But really, there's only there are two leads in this movie, and you know one of them is Jin, and right. one of them is Cassian. Right, and you could even say really that Jin is like the the main lead. The main main well, I mean, is kind of like secondary to her. Right, because we see sort of two threads throughout the movie. Primarily, obviously, we do see some of the other characters, but like you know, other guys aren't aren't as interesting. But, you know, we start from her as a kid, and then later on we cut to Cassian shooting someone. So they're kind of like the two people. But because we start with Jin, it's kind of like her story for the most part. So how does she compare as a protagonist to 
Ray from the last movie. I what do you think? I mean, I I liked her better, but I think part I think just the writing was better. Um, but Ray, I think, has a lot more potential. I think Ray has a lot more potential for growth because well, Jin Jin, yeah. Jin didn't didn't necessarily grow that much. But mm-hmm. but Ray, I mean, first of all, Ray's younger, right? Yes. And and um and uh, and we're gonna see stuff with Ray. I mean, it's it's gonna be part of her arc. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm more I'm more excited about about Ray as a character um, than I was about Jin. Actually, the interesting thing is Jin wasn't really my favorite part of the movie. I, I liked I liked how Felicity Jones played her, and I liked the character. But she she I don't think it was really the most exciting part of the of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's interesting. I mean, I liked Ray a lot, but I like, I think I like Jin more because I think Jin is a more interesting character. Jin starts from a place of, you know, she's not really interested in, in what the, she's kind of doing her own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of, I mean, like Benji, you said she doesn't really like grow or change, but I, th- I don't think that's true. Like she goes from being somebody who like wants nothing to do with the rebellion to like when she finds out, you know, that her father actually has been like working against the empire, and that she has a, an opportunity to, you know, to to like help, like, um, basically redeem his legacy. You know, mm-hmm. she turns around and is like, "No, we have to do this." Like, and she's like trying to push everyone else. Yeah, I guess that's this true. Mission when the when the 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 leaders of the the rebel alliance are like, "No, it's too risky. We're not going to commit any forces to it." Um, mm-hmm. you know, and so, and she was a much more proactive character. Um, Ray, I think is, is kind of more of a cypher. Like we don't really get to see so much of like what's going on with Ray, like inside her head. And mm-hmm. also she's, she's, I think a bit more passive than Jin is, you know, she's not really that yeah, kind of like take charge. Like this is what I want, you know, this is, and I need you guys to like get on board with me, you know, kind of character. I mean, Ray was a good character. And like you said, she does have a lot of potential for growth, and I'm very excited yeah. to see her in the next movie, you know, with Luke. Um, but um, but just in these two movies, I, I think I enjoyed Jin's character more than Ray. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I guess it's sort of like, you know, an interesting way to sort of get into what I, sort of like the final piece of this. You know, we've, we've sort of talked about all the our different general feelings, but I sort of want to get into what's probably the most controversial part, which is the fake versions of actors. You know, Peter Cushing and Carrie Fisher were reconstructed. Hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. neither one was playing themselves. Uh, in Peter Cushing's case, he had already passed away, you know, 20 years ago. And but... he still looked like it. Well, <laughs> in... Uh, in the prequels, and I know this is a horrible comparison, but the person who played Mon Mothma in a deleted scene of the prequel actually came back to play Mon Mothma in this movie. Right, which is fine. You know, she Not was only fine. that, but Jimmy Smith, who was Bail Organa right. from the prequels, also came back. Right. Mm-hmm. He's back. <laughs> and... The guy, there was some, there's this guy named Guy Henry who basically, they gave him some extra little makeup to make him look more like a younger Peter Cushing in the prequels. He has a scene, like, where you, you just kind of see him from the side mm-hmm. talking to Vader and the Emperor at the end of the movie. Sort of like, it's not really a big thing. But in this one, they basically 
he was the stand-in. They did some motion capture stuff on his face and basically put Peter Cushing on top of him. Right. And similar for uh, Carrie Fisher, they had some young, you know, actress that they did the same thing for her. Right. And apparently it was very expensive. <laughs> but what do you so? Do you feel like it was a successful experiment? I do know for some people that they did not know he had died. Right. And, and they thought that was just him. So yeah. for me, it was very obvious that it was a fake person. But so it's, it's, so it's, here was here here's here's my response. I knew that um, Peter Cushing, you know, that they had like done a digital effect to put him into the movie. I had like heard about that beforehand. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, that that looks like a special effect. It doesn't look like like a real person. Um, but it was OK. You know, it was fine. I don't know. I mean, like it, it like it was like a tiny bit distracting, but it didn't really bother me. I had not heard what they that they that they like kind of recreated a young Carrie Fisher in the movie until I saw it. And when I saw it. I guess because it was like a very short scene, it's like like the shot is like just for like a few seconds, yeah, um, like, you know, and the way they lit it or whatever, like it didn't look fake to me. It looked real. It looked like she was really there. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I've heard that people who went into the movie and didn't know that it was a special effect for um, for Peter Cushing didn't realize that he was, um, you know, that that it was a digital effect. They thought that they, they like just didn't even realize they didn't notice. They thought it was a real mm-hmm. actor. So mm-hmm. I guess, like, if you don't realize that going in, then maybe it actually does look real. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I'll, my point is just that, like, it was it was noticeable and a little distracting for me, um, for for Peter Cushing, but like for Carrie Fisher, like I I did not think anything looked bad or out of the ordinary, and I thought it was great, and I was like mm-hmm. really impressed with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Carrie Fisher thing, I knew that 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 was that was digital, and I thought it was pretty good. Also, it was short. And it was at it was at a perfect moment, so you'd have to like linger on it. So so it was good timing, just kind of like Jeremy uh, re Westworld sort of spoilers when they have for Westworld uh, when they have um, oh maybe I shouldn't say anything because because uh, uh, Sam has no well they do have a thing where they basically make an actor and they have like a flashback and they right. show a younger version of that actor right 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 and that was that was okay remember they didn't they didn't they didn't zoom in on that actor's face yeah so well yeah because you know. You know, Tarkin here had like a lot of scenes. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Back. Well, so so the interesting thing is, so here's the interesting. I thought it was the real actor, and I didn't necessarily have an issue with it. But it is interesting because I did. I don't. I don't want to say it was subconsciously. It wasn't like, obviously, I didn't notice it, but it was like somewhere in the middle of my consciousness. I I, I did register that something was weird, but I didn't know mm-hmm. it was CGI. And then when I found out later, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that's that's um, what it was. That was bugging. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't even bugging me. It just, it just, it just. That like, was off or whatever. Yeah. The, like, like I, I remember thinking it was something off. It didn't, didn't ruin it. But I was like, I guess his face is like. I mean, I, I don't know. It was just, a, it was like, I, I wasn't really consciously thinking about his face, but it's just something registered, uh, uh, uh kind of strangely. All right. Well, so, one thought... thing, one thing that I that I've seen that I thought was kind of weird is that um, yeah. there's been some discussion after you know since the movie came out about the ethics of using. Mm-hmm digital technology to recreate actors or in Terry Fisher's fate, you know, in her case, cause she was still alive at the time, but, but to like, you know, re- recreate a young version of her. Mm. Um, and like some people were saying that they thought it was like ethically questionable, but I don't really understand that because they got in Carrie Fisher's case, they got her permission to do it. And for right. Peter Cushing, they got permission from his estate to do it. 
So, yes. like, if you're getting That's permission right. from people, then, like, it doesn't really seem like there's any sort of ethical issue. Well, but I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe, well, Jeremy, well, maybe you can also, explain, like, why that was, there, like, a thing. I think there's I know also, There's also a law in, in America that you are not allowed to use someone's face for 70 years after they die. Like, you can't use, like, their... Mm. Their, their likeness, mm-hmm. you mean? Their likeness at all. You can't profit from their likeness? Basically, like, a person, once they... There's an idea that, like, right now, who knows how this will change in the future, but right now the idea is, like, the 70 years is sort of, like, they become a historical figure, which is why it's, like, say, okay to have, like, you know, FDR or whoever. You don't have to worry about asking permission to use his likeness. Right. Or, you know, even, like, uh, even, like, Cary Grant, similar case. Right. You know, he, he was an actor, but it's okay to just have his, you know, to... You know, to show what he looks like. Now, this again, this is like a set. This is like the seventy-year thing. So, it's a little bit tricky though because people sort of are always worried, like, well, what happens when like you know people just want to make themselves look younger, you know? And computers are good enough to do that, you know, And then because you know, you know, they already can in a lot of ways. People already use computers to even just that we don't notice to clean up things all the time, and. Then there's like a question about like, well, if you don't, what if an actor says they don't want to be in a movie? Well, right now that's legal, at least in this country. Right. So there's still that, but I think it, it just makes people feel a little weird because you know when someone's died and they use their you know image, I don't think people have an ethical problem. I don't think with the Carrie Fisher thing, at least at the time. I think it was more with the Peter Cushing because he had already passed. Oh, oh. It seems. Well, a little, I, I mean. A little bit. I, I would I would get I would be under the impression that people might have an issue with it because it's kind of because it's kind of making a commentary not making a commentary but it's like if someone doesn't quote unquote look as good when they're older something like that right, and that well. might be something uh, something offensive and, and you know and like you know maybe some people are afraid I don't know this is this is kind of just a this is kind of just like idea uh, like something I thought of but but like you know maybe in the future people will will. I don't know. They'll try to use an older a- actress, and they'll try to say like, "Oh, we're going to redo her face to make her, to make her right. look hot in this movie." Right. And then people will talk about the pressure from from you know media and all that, that stuff to you know on on women to look don't, younger, things like that. I, I felt like that, that that's where it's from. And don't get me wrong. Like there was a controversy about the Ghost in the Shell movie with uh, Scarlett Johansson, where like they used some digital effect to. Um, it was like they. This was like a test or something, but they like they if I'm remembering the story right, I think they used a digital effect right. to make her look Asian, yeah. um, even though she Scarlett Johansson obviously is not Asian. Um, and then it was right. like this big scandal, and everybody was like, "Oh, you can't do this. This is ridiculous," and whatever. And and it, and like that, I get like why that's you know really wrong, and and people should not be doing that. Um, but this this didn't seem to be so bad to me, but but I guess you know I mean from from some of the reasons that you mentioned, I do kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, right now we've talked a little bit over the length of the movie. So, you know, I feel like uh, it's a good time to wrap it up because, you know, we could keep going, but we probably shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, just to, like, you know, finish things off, you know, what do you, what, what spin-off do you want to see of this movie? And uh, since I know Sam finds that idea absurd... I'll just give him my spinoff, which is um, when they, when people recover the memory of the Alan Tudyk droid, which we didn't mention. Oh, we didn't even talk about Alan Tudyk. 
Yeah. But oh, well, man. Wait, let me yeah. let me just tell some tell you something, Sam, just that I also told Benji, which is that uh, he's basically like the Disney secret weapon now. He's been in almost like a, a whole basically since Wreck It Ralph, he's been in every single one of the Disney animated movies. Yeah. You know, he he great. played the he played the evil guy in Wreck It Ralph. He played Duke Wesselton in Frozen and Duke Weaselton <laughs> in uh, Zootopia. In Zootopia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it, it is awesome. Uh, he was also in uh, Moana, also, uh, and of course now he's in this new Star Wars thing. Yeah, he's great. He is he's, fantastic. He's and he's great good at, at he's great in all everything. of those are different voices. Yeah. As well. And yeah. and the tone of the movie wasn't silly, and he was still hilarious in it. In, yes. in Rogue One, he was great. <laughs> like he's, he's like, great. do you know the chances of her sh- uh, shooting you? They're high. Right. They're very- so, my spinoff, which couldn't be a real movie, but I just like the idea of like the further adventures of K. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, they called him K constantly, so that's right. what I think of him. But that, I mean, I just want to, I, lo- I want to see more. You know, he was my favorite character. Yeah, yeah. And he then, was- and then, Sherrod Imway, I would like to see yeah. the like the young versions of him. Like, you know, his adventures. Are you going to digitally like, remaster the space journey? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. No, I just, yes. you know, he basically, he actually does just, not just use his natural hair color, and then you're fine. <laughs> Have him just play the same character. Yeah. As opposed to giving him, like, because they, they grade him up for the movie, but his hair color isn't actually great in real life. Well, that, so just... that would be a great spin-off, him and Kay. Wouldn't that be a great oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's right. Wait, how did he get reprogrammed? That's how we got to learn. Yeah. Right, right, right. So right. A, a prequel to the prequel, Rogue Zero. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, here. yeah. That's um, right. You know what's, what's great about him, too? It really could be a comedy, because remember how he's just so bad at pretending to be an Empire droid? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, no, that, that was great. And that was, that was clearly a reference to the first Star Wars movie, too, um, um, when Han Solo is terrible at being a stormtrooper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're great. How are you? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Benj, your final word? Um, you know, I'm very happy that they're doing the, which is sort of a spinoff, they're doing the Han Solo thing that, uh, that uh, um, Tim, what was it? Phil Lord and Tim, what? what Miller. Miller. Tim Miller, right. Um, I'm glad that they're doing it because they're awesome. It's, and it's uh, Christopher Lord, but... It, it, Christopher Lord. Right, right. But, 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 um, but... The, the thing, the, the thing about it is, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But, but uh, this is just sort of apropos of of this of this sort of idea, which is that <laughs> I waited after after the movie ended. I was like, should I wait for the credits? And like, oh, no. towards, and then like I looked up, I, I looked I looked it up quickly on my phone. Like, are the credits afterwards? And they said like, well, what happens afterwards is a new hope. So, <laughs> no. No, that's right. I I, uh, did, I think I said. I think right. I said you like that, that little funny thing was like yeah, here's yeah. some leaked photos from the sequel. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just all it was all Star Wars: New Hope. Right. Like I love and there was like a great comedy. Like looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sam, your final word. My final word is no spinoffs. Okay. Uh, this movie, um, everyone dies at the end. That was it was it was ballsy. I mean, this is a Disney Star Wars movie, and like mm-hmm. everyone dies at the end, and it's it's amazing, and it was ballsy, and it was like perfect, and this movie ended perfectly, and you know, like make I understand what Jeremy was saying about oh, you know, I'd like to see more of these guys, maybe we'd do a prequel to the prequel, but like that that gets to be a little silly at, at a certain point, 
you know, like, tell us different stories in the Star Wars. Like, this was this was a good story, and I enjoyed it, and, like, now it's over. So now, like, now tell me another one, you know, a different story. That's what I want to see. So, like, you don't have to kill off all the characters in every movie, though. Well, like no. In this Han, yeah, the Han Solo prequel, I would be a little confused if yes. they killed Han Solo at the end. Yes, if Han and Chewie died in that movie, it, it wouldn't make sense. <laughs> uh, that would be odd. <laughs> it would be. It would be. It, it would be. I, I feel like it, it might happen that they do. I mean, I feel like, and it might not be good. I feel like they might do Luke growing up movie. You know what I mean? They might the somehow. Kid? Yeah, they might somehow. I feel like that would be very boring. I know. Is it some point like his life kind of sucked? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like we could learn all about it. you know the do details of moisture farming. Guys, on, on, if they start, the, if they start now. In 18 years, they can have, like, the Luke Skywalker boyhood-like movie. Just, like, film it in real time. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but that's only because it yeah. would be. We could we learn <laughs> all about moisture farming and drinking blue milk. Well, maybe he meets Kay. Maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe, like, oh, he learns okay. that. Okay. And, and we could watch him, you know, shoot womp rats in his speeder. Yeah. <laughs> all right. With his boring uh, uncle. <laughs> I think uh, I think that'll wrap it up for us. Uh, thanks for uh, coming out, guys, and uh, nerd you later. All right, nerd you later.